Good morning, everybody. And this is the month. Well, it's not the Monday main point. I keep doing this. It's midweek main point uh, because once again, we had to move our, our recording over to Wednesday, but that's all right. It's Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. And we are here. Uh, it is actually still morning. Um, it's nearly afternoon. That's why I was like, is it good morning or afternoon? But we're good. Uh, it's a good day. There we go. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, and we're glad that you're joining with uh, joining us. I'm Jonathan Hendrickson, associate pastor here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church, and um, joined here with the pastoral staff from our church: uh, Jeremiah Custer, our youth pastor; Blake Flincham, our children's pastor; and Jeff McCarthy, our senior pastor, who preached the message this past week that we are going to talk about today. So, um, if you've been listening, we have been uh, sort of doing a mini sermon series in a way for the month of August because. August is all is uh, we've dedicated August to our vacation Bible or the August evenings Sunday evenings to our vacation Bible school and the theme of that Bible school is all about how Jesus' power pulls us through and so we're really on uh, each evening the, the, the children are learning um, memory verses that are centered around the power of God and uh, the various applications of that power. And so, um, in line with that, Jeff is doing all of his Sunday morning sermons on those same verses. And so, this one brings us to Isaiah chapter 40, and the verse is actually verse 29. Um, but I'm going to back up because uh, I think that, uh, I'll, I'll back up to 28. Mm, that's um, what I did, man. Yeah, I'll back up to 28, and I'll read 28 through 31, because... Um, this is a very familiar passage, like Jeff said. This is, um, especially the latter half of this passage, is stuff that you see on coffee mugs and plaques and Bible bookmarks and things like that. And so um, this gives us a chance to look at that verse, though, in its context. And so that's what we want to do today. That's what Jeff did on Sunday. So here it is, Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Um, I'll read for, from the CSB here. Do you not know... Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. So I'm sure you've heard that passage before. If you're a student of the Bible at all, that's probably a very familiar passage to you. And, um, and the title of uh, Jeff's message, he was focusing only on, because the verse, the memory verse for that night was um, he gives, I don't want to say he gives... Uh, power to the weak and strength to the powerless. I think the version I have here is he gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless, but it was the same thing. Um, and so that was the, the sort of verse of the evening and with the whole idea that Jesus' power, uh, Jesus gives us the power to, to be bold or to do, you know, to, to do bold things. Um, and so the title of the message, um, it was clever, Jeff, I actually liked it. Uh, the title of the message was Spiritual Power Aid, um, but not Power Aid like the drink, but obviously a play on that word. 
um, but power aid AID, so spiritual power help. Um, and uh, the, really, you, you, the verse lends itself to a two-point sermon. It's what you did. Um, so let's look at these in turn. We'll start with the idea that um, he gives spiritual power to the weak, or he gives strength to the faint. And I, um, I, I'll, I'll read the versions you had here too, Jeff. Um, he gives power to the weak. Uh, the ESV says he gives power to the faint. Mm. And the message says he energizes those who get tired. Mm. Um, and I think all those are, are, are accurate. All right, so to really look at this, we got to think about the, you know, we don't want, we don't want to just do um, eisegesis here, which is where we just look at just that verse without looking at its surrounding context. We want to think about the context. Isaiah, Jeremiah can be a, a little tricky when you're talking about context because it spans such a large time frame in some ways, and there's lots of different things going on. What do we understand is going on here? Or um, um, Jeff, you can chime in on this too because I think you've kind of set the stage. <clears throat> what is Isaiah talking about here? Well, what is what is the main context behind this verse? Well, um, you know, Isaiah, it doesn't just have a lot of history. It has a lot of poetry, and obviously that's what's going on here. But sure. just two chapters earlier <laughs> is the famous story about uh, where Hezekiah uh, gets sick and uh, he recovers. It's where he prays against the wall, the weird passage about him. He turns his face to the wall and uh, prays, and God heals him of his sickness and gives him uh, life. And then, of course, Hezekiah sins later, and, and that story. Uh, but I like I like um, like the heading that the ESV gives for uh, chapter forty. It says comfort for God's people, mm-hmm. and I think if I'm if 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 I'm being honest, I think that's a really good heading for this chapter. Yeah. Um, it's comfort for God's people, but there's kind of another aspect where God is talking about um, how great he is. And he asks a lot of leading questions to get you to uh, just see how big and how great and how awesome he is. And Yeah, I, I noticed the same sort of thing that like when I was reading when I was reading over the whole the whole chapter of Isaiah 40 um, just a moment ago before we came on air and was looking at it. But there, there's 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 this idea that. Um, over and over again that God is big like that he's bigger than than what our imagination is and that in in perspective we are not I mean we are we are small temporal finite creatures God is infinite and eternal right yeah oh yeah and I think basically a lot of what Isaiah is getting at here is like have a God-sized view of God Mm, Um, and um and a book that I recommend I've seen a little bit of it um a book by J.D. Greer. It's called Not God Enough. Yeah. Um, And it kind of goes through the story of Job a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, basically it's what it says, uh, you know, some of our problems come from not having the right view of God because we don't have a God-sized view of God. That's right. And and honestly, we almost have a God-sized view of ourselves. Yeah, it's either it's either we have a God-sized view of ourselves, or we shrink God down to be be like us. We want Him to be so much like us that we, I think, we sometimes lose perspective of how great He really is. Yeah, and I think Isaiah is trying to reverse engineer that for us in in Mm. this passage here. Yeah, and 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 then there's comfort in that, right? Absolutely. Going back to what you said, that that heading comfort for God's people. 
I guess if you're not God's people, there's not comfort in it. <laughs> if you're not God's people and you're the enemy of God, or, or you know, you hear how great, how mighty He is, it should scare you. It should put fear in you. But when you realize that you, uh, if you're His, um, if you're if you're a child of His, especially for us now, if you're a child of His through um, through faith in Jesus Christ and through His grace, then then um, there's comfort in knowing that God is bigger than anything that I'm going to face. Jeff, you talked a little bit more about the context in terms of historical context here. Uh, remind us again what's going on historically. Well, when you look at Isaiah, uh, the immediate, the immediate uh, people that hear his messages are the people that are getting ready to go into captivity. Mm. So he's trying to help them to uh, realize that God is still God, even though I'm, you know, in, in captivity, and it's going to be a long, drawn-out process. And sure. you know, you're, you're going to be weak, but you know, you, you can't survive it if you depend on God. And then the next context are the people then coming out of the exile, which is kind of where I took it, uh, based on the commentaries and things I've read that they were probably looking because because it uh, is more looking towards future. He bridges both of those. Yeah, and then the third aspect would be uh, when you throw in, you know, it starts off with comfort my people, then the first person you're introduced in this chapter is the voice crying out in the wilderness. Right, Who right. then John the Baptist actually says, I am that voice, and it talks about preparing the highway, preparing the way, and um, which then is preparing for Jesus in, in, in the church coming through. When, right. And now we can apply it to our lives. Yeah. So that, so... Um, so the main focus then I was looking at was Isaiah was motivating people that you know 70 years later Isaiah's gone but they still have this word now they're getting word that we're getting the return you know uh, is God gonna, is God the still the same God is he going to be there are we going to be able to do this or is it just going to be too big for us and when we're not strong enough or have the power to do it sure so yeah, and, and, you know, to, to, to sort of go off of that, you know, we're talking about he gives spiritual power to the weak, right? Or he gives strength to the faint. Yeah, and if you think about the people of God at the time, they would consider themselves weak, defeated because they're in exile and they're... Their whole and, uh, yeah, and, and town, I think what, their city and everything's been destroyed. And I think what Isaiah's trying to get them to see, um, <clears throat> Jeremiah, is that um, it's not just that... I don't think he's just trying to get them to see that, okay, you're faint, you're weak. But he's trying to show them you're faint and weak, but you can rely on God because God never gets faint or weak. Yes. The things that are yeah. happening to you don't happen to God. Like, and, 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 and when you think about, especially in the context of these guys have been around, um, if, if they're coming out of exile, they've been around uh, people who worship other pagan gods and um, lots of other pagan and these gods are very um, anthropomorphic, right? They're very manlike. Um, they're they're not they're they they have flaws, and, and a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with sort of uh, various forms of polytheism, a lot of those gods have they're they're more human than they are God, right? And so, if if they've been influenced at all by maybe the gods that they've 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 seen worshipped while they've been in exile, or gods that they just see worshipped, uh, you know, even before they went into exile, if they're influenced by those kinds of things, then 
Isaiah's trying to say, look, your God, the only God, is different than that. Mm -hmm. And he's different than you are. Wholly different than you are, right? Yeah, I'm reminded of uh, actually all the way back to Elijah when he's on the on the mountain, and uh, so a lot of idol, idols and just other false gods. Uh, idolatry for Isaiah's time was huge, but uh, some of the jokes that Elijah kind of makes fun of with the prophets of Baal. He's like, "Hey, uh, maybe you should be louder because your God's sleeping." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe you should be louder because your God had had to go to the bathroom, yeah. or mm -hmm. uh, he's on a journey, or whatever. Right. And then we we in the immediate context. In fact, you just read it. It literally says that the Lord is an everlasting God. But in verse 28, the end of verse 28, it says, He does not faint or grow weary. Yes. And then verse 29, He gives power to the faint. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, it's it's couched in your God is, is the everlasting God. He's the real God, the true, one true God. He doesn't ever get tired. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't sleep or slumber or, or any of those things so that when you feel... Uh, tired. I mean, we're going through VBS right now, and luckily for us, we're we're doing it week to week. But mm -hmm. it can still kind of be a grind. And so, when you feel weak and tired, and you're you're going through ministry, you might feel burnt out. It's good to know that that God's still working within you and working beside you. That he he doesn't need a break. He's not he's not on the back burner or whatever doing something else. He's right there working with you. Yeah, and uh, you know, to talk about the uh, the idea of being weak and tired. Um, I mean, we we often think of that in terms of, of physical tiredness um, because of our jobs or because of, like you said, whatever grind we're going through currently. But I think, Blake, that there's a, there's there's certainly a, a emotional tiredness, and I think there can be spiritual tiredness. I think people can get spiritually weak or spiritually uh, faint. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, there are those times where it's like the dry time of the soul. Um, and, and and it seems that, that what Isaiah is saying here doesn't just apply to that physical, but could also apply to that spiritual as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, something to for us to remember is, um, and John Fort says that God is spirit. And so he, uh, you know, whenever he saves us, he gives us his spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, we can have that in us whenever we're saved. We have that, you know, we have that same spirit that doesn't ever, like, uh, get faint or grow weary. And that can help kind of counter our spirit. And I think, and a lot of times, I think, not every single time, but I think there is a connection a little bit with physical tiredness and spiritual type, spiritual fatigue in some ways. Yeah. There's, I, yeah. And um, I think... Really relying on God can sometimes help us in both a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I would I would say this is more applicable to spiritual faintness. Yeah. Like I just think the struggle against sin sometimes is just overwhelming, and mm. and you just don't want to fight anymore, right? Right. And so sometimes, Jeff, I think that because we get spiritually weak whether it's from like you just said here my fighting against sin or you know we're just we're just burnt out or whatever we tend to project our burnout or we tend to project our weakness onto god right so that either that or we look or, or we go just the opposite and say well he's fed up with me because i can't keep up or you know god god doesn't want any part of me because 
Um, I can't, no matter what I do, I keep, you know, I, I keep flagging out, we, 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 you know, or, or I, I keep giving in to sin. Um, you know, I think about, I guess some people have a, no, a notion of, you know, God being sort of this drill sergeant, right? It's like, like, you know, give me, give, you know, give me 50 push-ups. You, you, you hit, you know, 30 and you're like, oh, I have it in me to do 20 more, right? And their drill sergeant's like, you better do it, you know? And so, well, I think some people think God that way, but, but again, this seems to be different. This seems to be a different look at like, this isn't God like punishing you. This is God comforting you when yes. you don't have that, that power. Right. Yeah, and so uh, so when you think about it too, remember <clears throat> uh, in biblical times, if a nation defeated you, their God defeated your God. Mm-hmm. So these people have been in captivity. They're going back to the land, and, and when they were taken into captivity, it was it was the uh, elites they brought over. It was that's the, right. The priest. It was the artisans. It was the wealthy, the educated, and they left. Uh, the people of the land, what do we call them, just left all those people behind, the disabled mm-hmm. so, so, so they're like, okay, are we up for this? We're leaving. They're allowing us to go rebuild a temple and everything to a God that has been defeated. And is it worth it then to go back and rebuild this temple, reestablish our nation mm-hmm. and all that? Because we're tired and weak and it's going to be a long haul. Is it worth it? Right. Okay. Because... What if we get defeated again? Right. And so, so Isaiah's establishing the fact that, no, you know, God is the everlasting God. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't get tired. Even though this happened, and it was, it was a result of their sin because all the judgment and everything happens before you get to 40. Yeah. Uh, and they realize that. They know they're going into captivity as a result of their sin. And now he's providing a way now out of it and, provide, and ultimately providing the way through Jesus Christ. Uh, so that's that's what makes it spiritual because this is something in and of ourselves. We can't go build a temple and work our way into heaven. We still need God to show up and and be our our, our strength and help. So um, so <clears throat> you know we do get tired, we do get exhausted uh, through through maybe sin or even disease or anything that we're going through or just burnout or maybe we're doing things out of duty or obligation. And so we need to re- be reminded why we're doing this stuff. And, and even as a, as a pastor, I mean, all of y'all been in a situation before where you've uh, give spiritual counsel to someone or poured, you, poured a lot of energy and life into people. And, and then after that, you're just totally zapped. Yeah. And it's not really you're not tired physically. It's just you're spiritually uh, given mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So this is another way of we got to be replenished by by God and Jesus because and the Holy Spirit because we can't do it in our own strength. We got to have their right. their their power and all because we this is impossible. Right. What we're trying to do is build a kingdom of God with people and it's impossible. It's an impossible possible task, but he's given us that task as a church and he'll yeah. give us the strength and energy to do it if we rely upon him. If right and and, and you know he will equip us now, and, and I guess this gets to the second part of, of this first point. Which is, um, let, let, let's look at, we were looking at it, how it applies to Isaiah and how it applied to the people in Isaiah's day, Jeremiah, but how does this apply to us, right? But like, how do I, and, and we kind of talked about this in our last podcast, um, how do I tap into that power? Um, where do I get that power? Where does it come from? 
Um, certainly, um, you know, the, some people would say, well, do, do, do I have to kind of just, you know, gut it out and does it have to come from within? Do I have to find some sort of inner fortitude? Or where, where is this power coming from and how do I get it? Um, uh, and I think, um, you know, Jeff quoted from 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. Mm-hmm. And it says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars mm-hmm. containing this great treasure. And this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Uh, which I love, right? Mm-hmm. We're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. Mm. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. I mean, how is it that Paul can say that? <laughs> like, Paul is a guy who, this is coming from Paul, right? This is Second uh, Corinthians. He's writing to the church. Paul is perpetually knocked down. He is, you know, he's like, he's constantly getting beat up, thrown in prison, shipwrecked. How is it like a dude that's getting beat down that bad? How can he come and tell this to a church? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough question. I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but the strength within you is already there if you're a Christian because the spirit is within you, the God's spirit. So this same God who's saying all these awesome things, my favorite thing he says which I quote often, Isaiah forty twelve. So if you're looking at the ocean, this literally says that God holds or cups the entire oceans in his hands. Mm. That's how great he is. So that same power or that same being lives within you. So he can strengthen you from within. Um, but Christians, I mean, honestly, we, we shouldn't ever lack motivation and motivation. What I mean by that is, is because we believe that what we do, we do it for God's glory. And so that should always be a motivating factor for us. Now, we're, we're, we're still sinful. We're still in, in, our, in our human bodies. And we still struggle against the flesh. So that's not always at the forefront of your mind when you're going through uh, struggles or the grind is hard or, or all these things that we're talking about. But at the same time, we should always have the motivation because our motivation is this is for the glory of God. Um, I don't want to keep talking about spiritual disciplines, but it's on my mind. Um, but the point of spiritual disciplines are disciplining yourself with uh, one of the more controversial disciplines, which is uh, uh, solitude, silence and solitude. So I think just practically speaking, that's an aspect. I think a lot of times when we get tired, we think we got to go harder, go harder, go harder, go harder. I just got to grind through it. And I think the, the scripture teaches sometimes is take a step back to, to, to go back to silence, go back to solitude and go back to uh, getting refreshed by God. Mm-hmm. I, this gets into point two a little bit because um, yeah. uh, I, I want to go there. Is that when he quoted Ephesians 3? It, it is, it is, okay, and, I, okay. and we'll get there. I, the, his his second point, which is the second point of the verse, is that God gives spiritual strength okay, yeah. to the powerless. And when I think about strength, and again, maybe this is because I'm just recently starting to go to the gym and starting to work out again, right? And so I, I, I'm thinking in terms of physical strength. But I know that I don't, I don't go to the gym and, and just one day, um, you know, I decide, you know what, I'm gonna go to the gym. 
And I go to the gym, and then all of a sudden, I walk out of the gym super strong. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's a process. It's a yeah. process, right? Like this is a process. And I think this is a process, too. So when he says he gives spiritual strength to the powerless, I think it's a process of strength. And just like anything else that we do when we consider getting strength for our bodies, um, that's a process and it takes time and it has to be intentional and it has to be with discipline moving all those things and, and that's why i think that ties so well into what you were just saying um to 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 give you the because jeff i think you actually used four different versions here on the second half of this and i'll, I'll read those and blake i'll let you speak to this yeah, yeah. um he, he says uh he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength Notice if it increases strength, he doesn't make them super strong. He increases strength. Um, he gives us, the NLT says strength to the powerless. The NIV says he increases the power of the weak. Yeah. Um, and then the message again says he gives fresh strength to dropouts. Yeah. I really like that too, Jeff. Yeah. Um, so, so again, I mean, Blake, you've played football. You've, you know, you've, you've done that kind of thing as well. I mean, strength doesn't happen automatically, right? No, it doesn't, and um, and it can uh, it can a little be it can be a little bit disheartening first because when I was a I remember being a freshman going into uh, playing JV football, and we're doing summer workouts and we're working with seniors who can bench press two fifty, <laughs> and I'm struggling to bench press ninety five two times, and it's just like, oh, this is like, <laughs> but over time, you know it you have to increase it. Like, I'm not just going to go to football workouts one or two days a week and be able to bench 225 by the end of the month. You know, mm -hmm. it's just it's just like not possible, you know. But with God, you have to continue to – and to kind of piggyback off what Jeremiah says, you know. It's uh, oh, another spiritual discipline can be prayer and seeing that you aren't always strong seeing and recognizing your need can – I think is a great discipline to do when it comes to this verse. And uh, I know you kind of asked this a little bit in a different contest, but like how this applies to us. Yeah. Um, we got to see our need that we're not always full of strength, that we are faint sometimes, and we have to admit it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think something, too, that uh, has been on my heart a lot, you can also pray for um, other people to have strength. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important for our Afghani brothers and sisters right now yeah um to intercede for them on uh their behalf because a, i can't imagine the kind of uh probably the spiritual weariness the spiritual tiredness the spiritual fatigue that they sure. probably have right now yeah um especially when you get letters from the taliban saying we know who you are we know where you are right. and we're coming for you yeah um so that's just kind of i think you know when i'm reading through this you know i kind of you know, I'd love to be able to pray this verse for, you know, my brothers and sisters over there. Just like, Lord, give power to the Afghani brothers and sisters. Just kind of follow the, you know, give strength, increase their strength, things mm -hmm. like this. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 you're, you're absolutely right on, on in terms of what's going on right now. Um, um, you know, we, and we don't, we don't, as far as I know, we don't even know the status of our own IMB missionaries who might be over there. It, who were stationed over in Afghanistan, um, and so absolutely, that it's 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 necessary to, to sort of pray for strength for other people, especially those that are in um, dire situations. Yeah. You know that, that really need strength, and whether that's over in Afghanistan or that's even in you know your own church. I mean, you sometimes you 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 see people who are, I mean, to borrow the message here, dropping out, they're flagging out. 
you know, um, and they need strength too. And everybody needs to be reminded that, again, this doesn't happen overnight, Jeff. It's mm-hmm. not something that's that's going to, you know, I, not to say that we have spiritual muscles, but there are, it, it almost feels like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, in this, I, 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 tell my, um, I tell my philosophy students, because a lot of them, when they come into my class for the first time, they've never done, mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I'm going to ask you to exercise a muscle that you don't normally exercise. And it's going to feel like that first time you go to the gym, when you've not ever been to the gym before, you've, you started working out, you're going to feel fatigue. You're going to feel wore out. You're going to feel all these things. But if you stick with it, I promise you'll get stronger at this. You'll get better at it. Um, it's just I'm asking you to think in a way you've not thought before. I'm asking you to exercise that muscle that you've not exercised before. And, and I think maybe in terms of our spirit and, and, our, and our walk with, with, with God, um, you know, there are spiritual muscles we have to exercise. And then we do that through those disciplines and such. Yeah, and, and, and that's what happens is, is as we, as we um, first of all, acknowledge our weakness. Mm-hmm. We have to do that. And then acknowledge our sin of trying to do things in our own strength. Yeah. And then once we get that point, then as we use those disciplines like getting along, reading God's Word, prayer, uh, seeking guidance, counsel, all those things, all that stuff builds up. And I think it's probably building up more than anything else, endurance. Mm. So if you look at this verse backwards, you know, you're soaring, you know, I'm, I'm up here and then all of a sudden now I'm running and now I'm walking. Yeah. Well, Jesus called us to follow him. He called us to a walk. That's really what we're supposed to do. And as we walk, then maybe we're able to run. Maybe we like, mm. you know, we see like we get on a spiritual high, we get to a mission t- conference or a mission trip or and then we get to the point where we want to soar where we're not relying on our own strength anymore. You know, we're relying upon Him. And that's where God wants us to be. We walk and let Him allow us to soar when we're, when we're basically, it's not me now doing it. He's guiding me and helping me. And that's where we need to get to the point. And if we get to that point, then we're able to endure everything that comes our way because it's coming. Right. It's all going to come our way. Right. And, um, and in ministry, it's, it's, you know, it's easy to get weary in mm-hmm. well-doing. Paul sure. says don't get weary in well-doing. Uh, and I think all those things happen when we forget that, okay, I can do this, God. You're a big God. You've got more important things. Take care of the Afghani brothers over there. I've got this stuff all handled over here. No, he wants to help me get my stuff done, too. Yeah, yeah, that's, right. that's absolutely true. That's right. You know, Jeremiah, I've told you before, every analogy breaks down at some point, right? And the analogy I was drawing with um, the the spiritual power analogy, linking it to working your muscles and stuff, actually breaks down because because of something we read in Second Corinthians one or Second Corinthians twelve nine through ten, which Jeff shared with us too, where Paul says each time he said, "My grace is all you need," and he says, "My power works best in weakness." So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness, as Paul says, so that the power of Christ can work through me. And, um, and he says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And in physical exercise, when I am strong, I am strong, right? I mean, when I, when I, when I discipline my body, I become strong. But here it seems that it's a, there's a paradox at work here. 
when I'm weak, that's when I'm spiritually strong. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and you can probably draw parallels to uh, Samson. Samson was uber strong, but God couldn't use him because he was unusable. Mm. And it wasn't until he was weak where he had he, he drew his greatest strength from God. Mm-hmm. And he actually began to rely on God. Um, but yeah, we're kind of uh, applying this to Christians, right? And that's good. But I think maybe the best application is for those who are not yet Christians or are not believers. Because um, imagine the toil and the strife and the struggle and the grind that you had before you were a Christian. When you were pursuing, because innately every person on earth, I really believe this, every person on earth has this desire to be more, to go deeper, to... To, they just have this hole in their heart to, to be more, that there's more to life than mm-hmm. just me. And then we try to fill that with other things, right? And, and that, that grind is even harder because you grind for this, you grind for that, and you realize it's coming up empty. And I think this text is telling those who, who are maybe trusting in other things to find satisfaction and fulfillment, look, the burden over here is light. Jesus' is, Jesus is burden, like, just let it go. There's freedom in letting go of all those things and just trusting in Christ. It's not about how much you do or how much you can lift or how good you get at your job or just all those things that people try to find fulfillment satisfaction in mm-hmm. and, and letting go and, and giving it all to God and, and letting trusting in Him. And, and I think that burden is, is greater than even, like, our daily grind burden. I think mm-hmm. that burden is heavy, heavy. When you finally let it go, I remember I let it go, and it was like you just feel so free, so open, so like you're soaring on, on wings like eagles. Because you're because the especially in terms of sin, right? Because even if you yeah. even if you're not a believer, you know you know you have guilt over things that you do. You know that you should do better, and you just seem to can't you can't do any better. And so there's this constant tension between what you know you should be able to do and what you actually do. And in the meantime, you're sitting there looking at the ruins of relationships that you destroy and and all those things and feeling like there's no hope. There's just no hope for me to ever be a good person, not truly good. The best I can hope for is to be, you know, and I go back to that video you showed last week, Jeff, um, you know, two or two weeks ago when where the, the guy was asking, you know, what do you hope in? Where's your hope? What is hope? And some of those people were like, I don't have any hope. Yeah. And, 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 wow. and it's because of what exactly what you're talking about, Jeremiah. I mean, those guys don't have any hope because they, they're still trying to work through all that stuff themselves. And, like, it's just not possible, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. I mean, whenever you're trying to fill that hole, that what I would say a God-sized hole, in your heart and you try to fill that with your you know with your own strength it's impossible you know it's like going over and over trying to fill a hole in the ground with dirt but like there's a big hole that it never just gets filled yeah and you know you got to constantly shovel it and you're going to get tired and you know if you do things in your own strength you're just going to be worn out jeff i want to go back to something you said a minute ago because you said that in, in in when we're talking about spiritual power it's really endurance that's that's the thing we're looking for and i think it's colossians 1 11 you quoted that said we ought where paul is one of paul's prayers 
where he's praying for the church at, at, at Colossae, and he says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. Why? So you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Mm. Um, and so... And then maybe filled with joy. Right, and that you may be filled with joy. And I, 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 I really like the illustration you used, and I know you were going to show the video because you and I had talked about it, but it's such a good illustration of, of exactly what we're talking about when you consider that long-distance runner in the Olympics um, from the Safari Netherlands, song. right, yeah, um, who ran three different races, medaled in all three of them, and it was the 1500 on the last lap of her heat falls down, is in the very, it's on the last lap, but she's in the last place, and she's already ran, how many laps is that? Oh, that she ran, I mean, it's 1500, so what? She's already ran three, she's on her fourth. Yeah, she's ran three. She's on her fourth lap around the track. And she's in the back of the pack. And she's time. in the back of the pack. And now she's she's having to pour on, you know. And then after that, to, it was right after that that she ran the 5,000 and, right. and, and the 10,000 and, and, and medaled in all three events and two of them got gold medals. That's endurance, right? <laughs> and, and it is a beautiful picture, I think, or, or it's a good picture of, what we're talking about here yeah it's, it's applicable from that uh uh from an athletic standpoint like the human strength and all but it can only just go so far right and um and so that's when i brought it up to how these people have to go 900 miles they're going to make this trek it's going to be long hard difficult we're talking about isaiah yeah. exiles right and so uh and then you know i looked up got questions and saw some of the reasons why maybe people wouldn't didn't want to go and then then you throw it into the christian life which you know it's it's a marathon too it's longer it's not than a sprint <laughs> no and most people think it's a dash or you know why can't i just run all the time right. and never drop out yeah thing but you're you can't i mean you can't possibly paul couldn't do it mm -hmm. and look at everything he endured and he was still saying you know i'm pressing towards the goal yeah um, but I've not yet achieved it. I've not yet achieved it. Yeah. So, so we know that in this lifespan here, while we're here on this earth, that's our walk. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be disappointment. There's going to be everything that we're going to have to face that will keep telling us, just sit down. Don't go any further. Just drop out. Just give up. Don't, don't keep going. Mm -hmm. And in our flesh, we will drop out. But if we, when we rely upon God, then he gets us to the next step, the next hurdle to keep pushing forward, to keep trying to endure. Because, you know, that's that's what he's called us to do. Right. And we can't do it in our own strength. We rely upon him who then gives us that endurance and he gives us the patience, which is hard for all of us Christians a lot of times. <laughs> and then the joy, which there's a psalm uh, that David says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm -hmm. And so I've always told people before when they've lost their joy, I said, well, you know, if you've lost your joy, I think you've lost your strength mm -hmm. because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So then when I'm enduring and pushing through and I see a victory or I see, you know, a kid gets saved or somebody come to know the Lord or somebody gets healed or something happens that you have to attribute it to God, then, then that joy bubbles up. Yeah. And it yeah. makes that race and endurance and everything you went through worth it. And, uh, and I think that's where we keep them, the, our eye on the bigger prize, the bigger picture, which is, you know, the kingdom of God. So to go back to, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to you on this, Jeremiah, because you, you mentioned it earlier. 
and we'll we'll kind of close with talk, discussing this because I think it's it's such a it's such a good verse. Um, you know, when when we think of power or power cells, we think of power cells that that give up eventually, right? I mean, eventually they get they reach their max level. You reach your max level, and you can't do any more than that. But what Ephesians three twenty tells us is pretty impressive because it says, "Now all glory to God." Paul writes who is able through his mighty power at work within us mm. to accomplish infinitely mm. more than we might ask or even think. Mm. So even even you know I might think that I'm 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 weak and I'm unable to do these things. What Paul is saying is God's power is so great, mm. so awesome that it's it's it it enables you and equips you to do the things for him, do things for him that you've not even conceived of yet. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I, I think we forget. Sometimes I think we do things for him that we never see. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's spiritual fruit that comes about things that we do that we never ever even mm-hmm. get to see. Yeah. I keep going back to that quote from Piper. He said something like God is doing a thousand things in your life right now. You get to see about one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just my life. He's working in everyone's life. Like we, I think he's, that's what it means. Like you don't see it. You can't fathom it because you probably never get to see it. And yeah. But we're so results heavy in our thinking. We, we rely so much on like feeling good when we have a victory or whatever because we can see it. And that's good. That's great. I, I, I praise God when, when we're able to actually see what we're doing. But sometimes you don't get to see uh, physically like results from, from what you're doing for the Lord. But that's why the motivation is not the results. It's not uh, numbers. It's, it's nothing objective. But really it's, it's the motivation is we're doing this for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And hopefully at the end of the day... God is more famous than he was the day before because of the things I've done That's for him. Right. That's a good way to look at that. Yeah, yeah. Do you have more to add? I don't know how I can add any more to that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it's a... Uh, um, I think looking at... I think looking at things like realistically, I think a lot of times we can read the Bible and I don't want to be... I don't want to say like over-spiritual, mm-hmm. but like have this kind of like notion of like, yeah, God created the earth like... God created the earth. Mm-hmm. Like, read it realistically like that. Like, make it real whenever you read it. And I think that can help you have a little bit of a, a more God-sized view of God instead of like a... So I guess a better way of saying it is like not reading it kind of like our typical way of like going through the motions and like, yeah, Jesus raised from the dead. Like, the like Jesus raised from the dead. Like, I've never seen that before. Right, right. You know? Like, if my one of my dead relatives came up from the grave and started talking to me and said, hey, touch where, you know, they scarred me at. I'd be like, oh, my word. But, like, right. that happened. Yes. And yeah. I just seeing it, like, realistically. And I not think, just as a story, but understanding that these that, that this is reality. Right, and yeah, that reality yeah. is in you as a Christian. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, Jeff, from just a pastoral, ministerial perspective on this verse from Ephesians 3.20, I heard a guy. I think it was at um, it was at uh, Catalyst when I went to Catalyst Conference in Atlanta. There was a guy that was doing uh, um, a talk on on this ver- on this verse. I think it was this passage. But his whole thing was is that so often 
we get as as even as lay people when we're doing projects for the church we're doing projects for god we get so tied up in what we don't have right oh we can't do this because we don't have x y and z right well if we were a bigger church we'd like the one down the road and we had all these resources well we could do these things but we don't have those things so this is all we can do and 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 this verse says no you have an infinite amount of resource maybe not logistically speaking but you have you have someone who is spiritually supplying everything you need to do the things that he wants you to do now it may not be to be be able to build the building you want to build but to accomplish the work that he set out for you to do this verse says that we can accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think and and so we need to stop this sort of limit limitation type thinking as as ministers i think and start thinking in in terms of what we do have at our disposal does that make sense yeah i mean because you know god's ultimate plan was to redeem the world yeah and this this chapter points to like i said john the baptist preparing the way jesus shows uh the first verses of comfort ye comfort you my people he offers himself and he dies he raises again and even the disciples don't get it at first you know because he gave them that mandate go to all the world mm-hmm. well that's an impossible task right 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 it's impossible to do yeah there's we eight, cannot do that there's nine billion people on yeah that. <laughs> we cannot go preach the gospel to everybody right but through god we can mm. and he he can make it possible mm-hmm. and he's made if, if if some of these biblical writers could come back today and go wow if we had like the internet and all this stuff <laughs> we could have re- reached what is what is y'all's problem? Or the money that the American yeah. church does. So, like imagine, so, yeah. yeah so, Paul, so, if Paul had our resources, what would yeah, we be I mean, doing? Yeah, just the right physical now? resources and all. <laughs> it would be just a. It would be mind-boggling to them yeah. because they couldn't see that. Mm. And, but God could, and yeah. so everything that happens, you know, uh, you know, the church is always like, as far as technology and everything, it's almost like we're like 20, 20 years behind all this. Right. But you know, just take the printing press. Mm-hmm. You know how how God was able to do that. The guy goes, "I'm going to print the Bible." Well, he didn't know a Reformation was going to explode. Right. He had no idea. He was just wanting to put God's word in in a way that people can have tangibly hold it. So I think that verse points to stuff like that. What I might do over here, it may just be, hey, we're just over in this little corner in this little small church. But we don't know. We we may have one of the, our children or youth grow up to be like a, a, a Billy Graham or or like this missionary that goes to this tribe that's never heard the gospel for the first time. And they get to tell the people. So so like Jeremiah saying, we don't see the ultimate right branch out of all the fruit. But God does. And we just have to be faithful continue to follow him yep. and when we do get wearied and tired say hey i'm tired i'm wearied i've got to quit doing my own street board i've got to depend upon you yep. and i think that keeps us in perspective yeah no that's great so um i i like um this is a good final word to leave on because it actually has the words final word in it <laughs> and that's the verse that you ended your sermon on and that's ephesians six ten, okay. and it just says a final word paul writes be strong in the lord and in his mighty power 
And that would be, uh, you know, that, that's a good word to leave on there. That, that to be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, and not in your power, but in His mighty power, um, and to grow in Him, because you know, He's infinitely more than what uh, we we can conceive of. So, all right, what are we doing next week? The actual memory verse for the church, the, mem- the, the Romans. So, um, is that the Romans one? That's I, I, and for some reason it didn't get put into the into the thing. Eight eleven, I think. Eight eleven. Is it Romans eight eleven? Yeah. NLT so, version. Of here, it. I'll, I'll I'll pull that up real fast here, and we'll read that. Here we go. Uh, the Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead. He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. That's a great verse. And so we're going to be talking about that next Monday, right? So uh, is that that correct? Lord willing. Lord willing. (laughs) We don't have to move it to Wednesday again. All right. Well, um, this is a shorter version, but that's okay. Um, uh, You all have a great rest of your week. And we, uh, pastors, will see you on the next one. All right? So long.